0: Welcome in to another edition of the Top the Keg podcast episode. episode 442. Charlie are with you, Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. We are talking about if there are going to be more Team Brian Gunacous guys after the season the Packers have had, or will people stay with their Team Rogers debate? We're gonna rank uh, potential award winners for the Milwaukee Bucks. We're quarterway through the season, so maybe a little early on that, but that's okay. And then maybe maybe try to get Mitch going about Brooke Lopez trades, just because I like to get under his skin. Uh, but he's gonna also probably get undermined when we talk about blue bloods in college basketball as Marquette gets ready to play. Probably the premier blue blood. In UC- Would you say UCLA's premier blue blood, Mitch?
1: The premier blue blood.
0: No, it's probably North Carolina or Duke, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Thirty years ago, UCLA your father's
0: your father's premier blue blood. That one, right? Um, your dad's premier blue blood, uh, UCLA on Saturday. Totally, yeah. And so Mitch is with us as always. Uh, Garden home basis, uh, rocked it out at X Ray Arcade <laughs> on. Sunday. We'll be out again next Sunday. Don't let the boys get hot at the Cactus Club performing at halftime of the Bears-Packers. Yeah, the
1: Milwaukee record halftime show. They do every Packer game this year. They've had a band play uh, at halftime and we got asked to do that kind of last minute um, because I don't know how it exactly came about. I don't really deal with the business side of the band, if you will. I I don't I don't have access to the email and that type of stuff, but, uh, um, we released a two song EP last Friday and Milwaukee record did a little write-up and I don't know if they just saw us and heard we, or liked what they heard or whatever, or, and, or we're straight up desperate for a band. I think somebody had, the other band had to drop, um, I think due to COVID or something and they asked us to do it and we're like, sure. Um, so yeah. Come out the Cactus Club to watch the Packer game. Nothing says uh, nothing says Packers Bears like a little Cactus Club uh, viewing. So, uh, yeah, um, you
0: know that's that's true. Um, I won't say it's my, <laughs> would be my number one choice. Uh, would probably be quite down the uh, totem pole uh, for me, but some people that's their jam. Some people like a little music at halftime. Some people enjoy that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on what they do we did a whole thing on fan gatekeeping last week on Friday's show so I'm not gonna not gonna fan gatekeep where you want to watch the Packer game if that's what you want to do great some people you know maybe their their viewing pleasure is watching it at their you know I'm trying to think of somewhere where it'd be kind of brutal to watch their car they want to listen to the game they they just want to listen on the radio maybe that's their thing I don't know so not gonna hate i um, happy for you guys and I don't want to don't want to cost you a spot where they're like, yeah, we heard the bassist and his his jock producer was or not jock producer jock co-host was just ripping us the new asshole. I won't do that um, to you. <laughs> and then also, too, I mean, you have our, our guy shaken kind of out at loaded slate. Only reason I'm giving him a shout out is because I wanted to bring up that you did the thing that you love to do on bar crawls now as we're 33 year old men. You love to bully me into trying to go to these things by just trying to <laughs> challenge my manhood, basically. Um, no,
1: it's it's probably been three years since I've really had any interest in, I mean, Shamrock Shuffle notwithstanding, but um, any other pub crawl, it doesn't even really, doesn't even move the needle at all for me Uh last several years, I would say. But it's just more of just picking on you.
0: Yeah, I know it's, I mean, and it's, it's funny. I mean, Mitch was like, if you're 25, you'd want to do this. Or you would you were the quote was it, Charlie saying, if he was 25, you would do this. And he's right. I mean, if I, I think if we were all over 25, it would be like this massive day that we would plan around and we would make, you know, all sorts of plans. And it would be this, this big well, old thing.
1: I don't know if I ever actually did did the 12 bars of christmas thing which is I've, sort of the christmas version of the shuffle i think it's one of the better ones i guess from from what i've experienced i've
0: done it like sporadically where it's like i haven't done like actually 12 bars i've went with shannon once i think i went with you guys once um and it was it was more funny that you brought that up to, to us in a group chat and then in another group chat Shan's like, hey, if you you need somewhere to watch the game, I'm gonna be at Loaded Slate, and so I was like, okay, um, perfect. This is this is the god. These are the gods tempting <laughs> me, um, trying to get me out out in the streets at 1:30 uh, again, uh, just like I was last last Saturday for the Santa ride. I do think the holiday season there there's a little bit of an excuse to just kind of go out, let yourself loose. Now I'm not saying get as loose as me a couple of years ago and then pass out on the floor and have your soon to be wife mad at you. But, um, you know, right. it's, it's in moderation. Let's just say.
1: Of course, everything's good in moderation.
0: <laughs> uh, did you see, speaking of that, before we go to Gutekus, did you see that Miller Lite has beer ornaments now that look like beer cans that you can hang on
1: a tree? I did not, but I, if I got one for free, I'd probably do it.
0: Well, they are selling for twenty dollars, Mitch, because it's a capitalism society that we're in. In, uh, uh, I think they're selling them online starting tomorrow.
1: Uh, but what's... well, I could go to uh, American Family Field and drive drive through some Christmas lights for thirty dollars.
0: Oh, do that too. Mitch, just trying to get me going to start the show. <laughs> um, uh, but okay, I, I have to talk about this. I, I should have even just had this as a topic. We should listen. The Milwaukee Brewers. So I, my wife and I both enjoy Christmas lights. I sound like greenie, my wife, you know, uh, progressive hotline. I get your Johnsonville uh, sausages here, but anyways, uh, my wife and I enjoy holiday lights. We have, we have a good time. Holiday lights are always entertaining. Uh, Seeing all the Christmas lights. uh, We always go to cathedral square walked at, Uh, they have the Christmas trees by the kids, uh, the Milwaukee school kids who hang up trees. Some of those trees are great. Some of those trees are mailed in like Vince Carter in his last year at Toronto. Um, And so I saw the Brewers advertise on Twitter, like, hey, we have this lights thing. And I look and I'm like, oh, cool. Like maybe I'll just surprise her and say, oh yeah, I bought us tickets. Like we can go whenever. Um, And then I look at the price. And for an anytime ticket, it's thirty-eight fucking dollars for some Christmas lights. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Now, I did not see and I didn't read close enough if this money is going to somewhere, but a place like Candy Cane Lane, which is very popular in the West Dallas area, for those unfamiliar, Milwaukee sort of suburb and. You drive by a ton of Christmas lights and it's like lit up like Clark Griswold's house, but it's like every house. And that asks for a donation and all that money goes to kids uh, battling childhood cancer. So that's right, a great that's cause. Mac Fund.
1: Yeah, yes. that's Mac Fund.
0: Yeah, it's Mac Fund. It's a great cause. I did not see, and I did not research, so I could be could be biting my tongue here, but it none of it seemed like it was for charity. It just seemed like it was completely for profit. I highly doubt it's completely for profit, but at the same point, $38, like I know inflation's bad. I know everything is costing more. I went to, we went to a bar after a movie on Friday and every appetizer cost 15 to $16 besides the fried pickles. So like, I get it. Like I know things are more expensive these days. But thirty eight dollars for some fucking lights? Are you kidding me?
1: Like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm on it right now. It just it depends on the day.
0: Yeah, it right.
1: Like, it looks like the like the weekends are most expensive, and then yeah. weeknights are only twenty five. But uh, Magic of Lights is the name of the event, right? Uh, yeah. Drive through holiday lights experience. A dazzling drive through holiday lights experience featuring favorite holiday scenes and characters of the season using the latest led technology and digital animation experience magic of lights from the comfort and safety of your own car as you wind through the sparkling path of milwaukee's favorite holiday tradition one car load one price magic of lights is a great family entertainment value uh yeah i mean i don't i'm, I'm guessing it's probably like a must be like another company that's putting this on but i'm sure that the uh the Brewers slash American Family Field are taking their piece of the pie too,
0: right? Uh, is this the clear sign we have of a lockout because the Brewers are charging thirty eight dollars for to see some Christmas lights? Taking your calls right now. Okay, um, so
1: one dollar goes to the Boys and Girls Club.
0: Oh, one dollar,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one fucking dollar. That's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad they could spare it out.
1: Up to twenty. Up to twenty five G's.
0: Oh, so so wait a second. So only twenty five thousand people get the voice.
1: This oh man, you know, assuming they, they get twenty five thousand people to come through. I like there. to I consider mean. myself
0: a capitalist, but sometimes, man, there are moments where I'm just like, "What the fuck are we even doing here?" Like this is one of those moments. Like I I cannot believe that. Like just at, and I get like family events. Like it's it's probably. You can sell it as well. It's a cheap family event. Okay. But we shouldn't, there shouldn't really be like $38 should not be a cheap family event for a family of four. And I'm not saying like somebody should be able to go to a Bucks game for $38. But at the same time, like I, I also think that like there are some things in life that you can do for free or for just 20 bucks. Like that's like 20 bucks for, would still be a little bit pricey, but I'm I start to get a little more reasonable with twenty dollars, and yeah, that's pathetic. One dollar, unbelievable.
1: It's probably because of an impending lot, or well, I guess because of the lockout which we are in right now, and also probably trying to recoup recoup some of that uh, profit lost from uh, twenty twenty.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: So they're you know they're probably. That was my thought when you when you said that in the group chat was like they probably have so many things on the table that they oh, want to yeah. do.
0: Concerts. Um
1: are yeah. I mean they're gonna do probably a lot of shit. You know, if there's no if there's no games. I mean, which Oh is-
0: yeah, if they're if they like are like locked into like there's no baseball till June first, they'll I guarantee you there'll be concerts, they'll do bowling. Um they'll find some other op- they might do soccer they've done soccer a couple times maybe they'll find a soccer game to do like they'll they'll have a few events at, at AmFam to sort of support that ship speaking of that do you think AmFam is pressuring the brewers at all to like get this thing done could you imagine being American family and you just spent all this money on a sponsorship deal and in year 2 or, uh, yeah year 2 you're not able to maybe have baseball and that just takes away all the awareness and the brandings. I realize Amfam just shits out money and it maybe doesn't matter. But he that has
1: to sting, right? Yeah, that that could be that could be part of it. Yeah. I mean I, I, yeah exactly. I mean that's a that's a good good point.
0: I'm sure Ananasio ignores those emails from I forget the name of the CEO. Um he's a big swinging dick for uh the University of Wisconsin Madison, not surprising. Um, and I'm sure he's emailing Ananasio, and Ananasio just lets that go to spam and and's like, all right, whatever, dude, we'll figure this out when we can. But yeah, uh, did not expect to talk a little bit about the holidays to start, but that's okay. Uh, it's a little bit lighter of a uh, topic, topic load this week. So happy to kick us off with a little holiday talk. And I'm sure. As we get closer to the Christmas season, uh, we will be probably talking more about holiday stuff as as it continues on because it's just it's just part of life, right? You get closer and closer, start getting a little more in the spirit. St. Nick was yesterday. Um, stores are starting to say, hey, you got to get your stuff in before you hit the shipping deadline. That's terrifying. Um, as I'm a habitual uh, late, shopper um can't have that so get your shopping done right. i don't have anything to sell you i was mad that florio shirt was already a t-shirt um made by the game on guys uh so credit to them for working with kurt Bengert on that uh which i i really appreciated i don't know I feel like it'd be weird to have a, a mike florio's face on a t-shirt but it's still pretty fucking funny i don't know if you saw that
1: <laughs> i did not know
0: yeah, it was a. It's like kind of similar to like the Goodell clown nose that Barstool does, but it was floor, a pic, big picture of Florio with a baby nook in it. Um, <laughs> and Kurt Banger made it. So there you have it, uh, which nice. one of the great, great ongoing rivalries in all of sports, as well as the Packers and Bears. And they get ready to play this week. And a lot of. Praise has been out for Brian Gunakus this week. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, 9-3, uh, second in the NFC. Uh, Gunacous has kept this roster together, even with all the injuries, brought in guys like Rasul Douglas. Uh, while Jalen Smith didn't work out, I think it was an ambitious try by Goody. Uh, draft picks like Josh Neiman, Eric Stokes has been a player to start the year, A.J. Dillon has ascended. There have been moments for Josiah DeGara. Gutekus's hands are all over this team. And what I started wondering were was, have people maybe realized what Brian's doing and that he's not just a Mark Murphy lackey and he's not listening to everything Mark Murphy says and that Brian's actually really good at this fucking job. And if he thinks that getting rid of Aaron Rodgers next year is going to be the right move that people should probably trust in him. Do you think people are there yet with Brian Goodacousa or do you still think it's Rodgers and he, he sort of just owns the, owns the team?
1: Hmm. I I don't know. Um, I think winning cures all, so by that, I mean, the debate really hasn't been too hot throughout the season just because, you know, everything's gone, I'd say extremely well this year for, for the most part. I mean, outside of, I I mean, probably the worst part of the season was, you know, the COVID thing with Rogers and him not playing and then, you know, losing that game, which they probably was kind of a schedule loss anyway. I mean, it wasn't like they lost to, the lions or something that week, you know, it was, um, it's hard. I, it's hard to say really. I think a lot of people still like Aaron Rodgers, no matter what, even with his vaccination beliefs and all that. I think, I feel like a lot of people that probably turned on him, it was all momentary and, uh, you know, man, that's, that's a really tough question. I, I think if you're a, if you're a, I guess a wise Packer fan, um, you would appreciate Brian Gutekunst and what, what he's done basically since day one, since he, since he took over the reins. I mean, with the free agent moves, I think we talked about it last week with just, you know, the, some of the additions he made on the free agent market immediately. And all those guys have had, you know, a a positive impact in one way or another. And as you laid out for this year, I mean, he's, he's done some things now, granted, you know, Whitney Merciless, I think is, is oh, out,
0: right. right. Yeah. That, that, and, I mean, he was playing well for a couple of weeks. I mean, he, yeah. he
1: showed some flashes. No, for sure. I think, I I think you, you do trust him if you're, but if you're a pinhead, as we say, I mean, you think that Guttekunst is awful, which is just not true.
0: No, it isn't. Um, and, and that's, I think that's the point. And maybe that's what it is more than anything else is, there should be a respect for Brian Gunacous. You should put a respect on Brian Gunacous's name. Even if you do not maybe like how they've handled the Rogers stuff, there should be some respect. I personally yeah. am in the camp that Rogers will not get traded. He will get a new deal and they will trade Jordan Love. I have been on that for months and I'm not getting off of it. There are no quarterbacks to draft. And I was listening to a podcast today with Ryan Rossello and Kevin Clark and Kevin Clark mentioned like a scout had said to him or Ian Rapport, I can't remember where it's like, you know, there's no good quarterbacks in this draft, but once the coaches get involved after the season's over, all of a sudden these guys are going to rise to the top. And then Rossello kind of retorted back, like, should we not allow coaches into the room then? Like, if, if that's how it is, like, what are we doing? Like, why are these coaches dictating who should be the next great thing? And the, I got, I think it's because they know their window is short. So they're obsessed with getting that next guy in. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, do you really want, you know, Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett, uh, or would you rather have a Jordan Love who's been doing this for a couple of years and kind of knows what it's like to be a pro? I, I think, I think you do have to
1: consider that Denver. yeah, And it, and it, that maybe only costs you a fourth or a fifth round pick for Jordan right, Love.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Versus like a first or a second.
0: Yeah. And I, I just don't, I think Gunacoust has worked on his relationship with Rogers. That's another thing about this Gunacoust thing that maybe is not being talked about is like Rogers is seems to be the happiest he's been as a, as a pro. And if he's lying about it or it's just the newfound Zen or whatever it may be, like Rogers has found sort of that key to happiness. And maybe the relationship with Gunacoust and him is a lot better. And maybe Gunacoust, we don't know what goes on beyond those walls at 1265. And maybe Gunacoust said to him, like, look, dude, I should have involved you a lot more. I'm sorry we didn't talking off i'm so i didn't think you wanted to hear from me me and you didn't weren't close i didn't think you wanted to have conversations with me you've never made it a point and i'm really sorry and that happens that's
1: that's life like some he had like a some pillow talk pillow talk with rogers like yeah a little bit like had to to pull himself out of the doghouse
0: yeah in a sense like of like just understand where I was coming from. And like Jason Wildy said in the summer, like Brian's not really known as a people person. He's just kind of a head down, grind, figure out who the next great offensive tackle is for the Green Bay Packers. And that's what Brian's about. And so I, I do think that they're going to continue to have conversations. We'll see how this season nets out. And I'm sure they're going to tell Aaron, like, hey, look, we want to bring you back. But just so you know, we're going to have trouble bringing back X, Y, and Z. Are you okay with that? Do you want us to see what we can do from a roster perspective and everything like that? I think, if anything, there it will have to be a rust ball has to figure out ways to kind of maneuver things. And that would be my biggest fear is that rust ball who's been a noted trick. I think there's a lot of stories out there that Russ Ball is just not a good dude, not a, not a people person at all. Would he be the guy that kind of is like, to Gunakus, like there's no way you can do this. You have to trade Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know, we'll see. It'll be be extremely hard to do it if the Packers do win the Super Bowl. I think that would be stunning. There be There's no precedent for it. Um, and who knows, maybe... I guess I know this isn't our topic, but like, would Rodgers retire if the Packers won the Super Bowl? He's thirty-seven years old. Yeah, odds are he has years left. He says he wants to play until his mid-forties.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's 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 a pipe dream for Packer fans. Oh, I right. just I don't I don't see that. I, I, we've talked about it before. It's it's a dream scenario for everyone, but except for Aaron Rodgers, probably. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean he he he. I think he wants to play you know he's seen I, he's way too competitive He he's seen guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and even Peyton play until they're like at least 40 you know I just I, I know that everybody wants to you know dream that the Packers will win the Super Bowl and Rodgers and everybody sings kumbaya and he and he gets up on stage after the game and says he's done and you know, then the Packers are off the hook for forty million or whatever, and you know, but then like Devonte's probably gone too. Um, yeah, he'll get he a huge, he'll get a
0: huge deal from like the Dolphins or the Raiders, and then that's that's that. Mm-hmm. And so, but I do want to ask, I I the one question I or want to bring up push back a little bit on was you mentioned a couple of those names, you know, like Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. I really think the Packers need, if they do keep Rodgers, and Gunakus kind of defines his legacy even further by keeping Rodgers, he has to find that sweet spot of when do we know Rodgers is diminishing? Because Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Denver in a sense, I know they won a Super Bowl. Well, they did the following year after Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was cooked in the Super Bowl year and they just had an awesome defense yeah. and they got by but the next year it didn't work out so well. So at Denver in a sense, um, I think that was more on Manning than it was on Denver. But how do you tell, like you have to be able to read that when a guy is just washed up because a lot of teams recently have failed at that because father time catches us all. Hasn't caught Tom Brady yet, but at some point it will, um, maybe maybe never, but at some point it will, and I do think that like that's the big, it's kind of the big like, I how, what's the word like just sort of the the caution flag that that's out there. Um, if you want to, if you do want to keep Rogers, so we'll see. But I I do think Brian Goodakus deserves a little more respect, um, and yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll see Russell Douglas and a couple other of his big guys in action against the Bears this weekend. Um, a rivalry game that probably should be on primetime. I think I don't mind a primetime game, but I feel like it's it's just not it doesn't have the same feel of like Niners Packers earlier this year that was on primetime or you know, it should be a three twenty-five start at best. I realize Packers Bears does numbers. But it's just it's, it's it's a bummer that we we do not have a noon game the rest of the year. I mean, I'm not a huge noon game guy, but as I've grown older, become more in that noon game noon game lifestyle. Could have used the noon game this this week instead of a 7:20 start.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a better game, right? But I don't know if there is. Bills and Bucks, but they already have. Uh... Nah, CBS,
0: no way CBS would let go of that. Um, I think that CBS might be Fox, but whomever, whoever's calling that one. Yeah, they're, it's CBS. Yeah, they're not letting that go. Um, they could have done 49ers Bengals, but I, I just don't think the Bengals move the needle. Um, a lot of people wanted last week to be Bengals chargers. And they, I just think they don't. Joe Burrow is not yet putting asses in the seats. I think you'll get a lot more Bengals primetime games next year. Um, like you'll get a Bengals Steelers game on Sunday night or you know Bengals Browns um on a Monday night or a Thursday night like I think there'll be a lot more attention given to the Bengals just given their fun given their success but again they don't really there's, there's just a lot
1: of bad games I mean yeah it's
0: a it's a gross it's a gross week and Dallas Washington's okay but they're playing on Sunday night in three weeks or something like that so it's not like it's not like Dallas Washington is uh is gonna be there, be there
1: for a few weeks well, later. Rams and Cardinals on Monday night is is uh that's the game of the weekend for sure. Rare, rare back to back good Monday night games. I mean well, exciting matchups and anyway. it helps
0: it helps with Jimmy Pitaro, the head of ESPN, you know, kisses the ring. I mean, that's the whole thing. ESPN played nice with the NFL finally, and the NFL is like, Oh, hey, here's here's your good Monday night games. That's how that's how the sausage is made, Mitchell.
1: You could argue Cowboys in Washington. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but that's on Sunday night in like three weeks. Yeah, so you obviously can't. I didn't know that, so you can't. Can't do that. I, don't know, I mean, there's a lot of shit games. Ravens, Ravens, Browns. I think was already on Sunday yep. night. Maybe yeah,
0: it's a gross. Uh, it's a gross week, but then like next week we get Saturday football. So we get Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, like next week starts like just an awesome time for sports because you'll have – the NBA is rocking. You'll have a bunch of college basketball. You'll have the college bowl games. You'll have um, NFL games on Saturday. You have Colts Patriots Saturday, next Saturday night. Awesome game. Awesome, awesome football game. That's the one I'll be looking forward to.
1: Raiders and Browns.
0: Yeah. Not not that excited for Raiders and Browns. I'll be
1: honest with you, but you get to watch your Raiders on yeah. on TV. Two too underwhelming. Uh, I guess disappointing teams. But-
0: I also I also realized that Saturday night I'm at a Christmas party with uh, folks that are more on the UFC and soccer side of things than football. So, gonna have to hope that they have some fantasy players in that Patriots Colts game. So I want to turn turn that game on. Or I'll just sneakily uh, suggest it. maybe we'll do. We were talking about a holiday uh, party co- uh, convo, so I might have to. Maybe we'll have to resurface that on uh, next week's show. But I mentioned the NBA and mentioned uh, real quick. Do you have a the, the Packers? You do. I'll just ask you. Do you think they'll cover the 13 points that they're favored by right now?
1: I think we are gonna lose. Really? <laughs> no, I no, I'm not. I don't. <laughs> you fuck i have i have no no case other than it's a rivalry game throughout the, the Bear, record it's the bears super bowl As If it I, was in chicago i'd say maybe like i'm pretty sure it was the same thing when they yeah. played in chicago earlier this year yeah but uh Rogers basically dragged his dick all over so he did um uh i mean covering what is it 13 and a half or something yes yeah, that's where it is right now A lot of points. It is. Um, But yeah, they'll probably cover.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I, I, 28 to 13. See that. As, as I said, uh, the show yesterday, like, I think it's one thing to go into a cold Lambeau field with a coach where you kind of want to build on something, like, let's say the Lions or the Jets or, um, I will not even put the Jaguars in that conversation, even though they have a they have a new coach. But like that they want to sort of just start next year on the right foot. Like December is the start of of next year for a guy like Dan Campbell or Robert Salah. But for someone like Matt Nagy, where everyone knows this guy's gonna get fired, like they're just the they're emotionless. Like I was so surprised how bad they played against Arizona. I know Arizona's good, but I was just stunned that they just how lifeless they were for in a game that was quote unquote bears weather. And they were playing the team from sunny Arizona who looked like they were the team from Chicago. It looked, looked like the roles had flipped. Um, So that was just surprising.
1: Yeah. The bears, I think it's, I think it's uh, it's over.
0: Yeah. Turn out the lights. Um, But we will not turn out the lights on the Milwaukee bucks. Um, they are feeling good, sixteen and nine, one game out of the top seed in the East, uh, trailing only the Bulls and the Nets. Um, can't wait for you and I to do a Bulls topic. Fact: uh, the, the uh, Bucks don't play the Bulls until mid-January, so we're gonna have to wait quite a bit uh, to talk about Bulls Bucks. Yeah, another um, six weeks. Yeah, it's crazy uh, that they haven't played yet this year. And But the Bucs are feeling great. Uh, they still haven't lost the game when Giannis, Drew, and Chris play. And now they're 10-0. Uh, Drew's been fantastic recently. I think it's 11-0. It's 11-0 now? Yeah. I think been so. Great. I mean, they've been they've just been really good. And one of the guys that's been good has been Pat Conton, who's off to just an awesome start to the year. We had mentioned it a few weeks ago how Pat went from – Oh, it's Giannis's buddy. What a horrible contract. Um, the Bucks are going to regret this. To, oh, is Pat Connorson one of the best values in the league? Because all the guy does is hit clutch shots. He's shooting over 40% from three. He had seven threes for the second time this season on Saturday night against the fake tough guy Heat. And he's just, he's feeling it. So I think there is a case, Mitch, for six-man of the year. What say you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd have to look at one of their guys. He's probably not going to get it just because he's not like a lot of the Bucks players. He's not flashy. Yeah. And uh, he's not a,
0: vol- he's not a volume guy. He's not a Jordan Clarkson. He's not a Jamal Crawford. He's not a
1: microwave and, and we right. love
0: our microwave basketball players. Don't get us wrong, but
1: yeah. that's just it's, not the he is. It, it, You have, you have to be in a, an electric scorer off the bench in order to be considered for Sixth Man of the year. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. It's the way it's always been. Um so but you're right i mean he's been you're right absolutely everything you said he's he has turned into you know he hit some huge shots in the finals and in the playoffs in general last year and was has kind of especially since the contract has just kind of always been a steady presence off the bench he'll start every now and then but i mean just been all you could ask, it's just, uh, know, I didn't realize he was just good of a three point shooter. I mean, much no. like Bobby Porter. So we're going to get into here momentarily, yeah. but I mean, it's just the guy, it just, he gets the ball and he's ready to shoot. There's, they've, they've added Grayson Allen too, the same way, but like these guys, they're just, and and they make, they may, you know, they, they haven't hit a cold spell yet. I mean, it's, it's probably going to happen, but, um, I guess the difference between, a Good team and a great team is are your role players, you know, effective? And um, Pat's been been tremendous this year. I just, you know, and he's he's he guards everybody, he doesn't, you know, just totally bought in. And uh, um, not that that was ever going to be an issue with him, but
0: no, but you see, um, you kind of see why he's Giannis's friend, right? Like, you see why, yeah. Like we joked that Pat Content oh, was Co- being Co- but as
1: total trust too with him. It's yeah. the same same thing. It's just you know he's, he's just it's hard to explain. Like he just he's gonna he's gonna do what's asked of him and and do it to do it to the best of his ability. And that's that's all you can ask for, for, for a guy like that.
0: Yeah, and very true. And I think we have also seen it with Bobby Portis. And I've realized that we did a pre-show and I said it in the open about most improved. And maybe that's a little too intense because most improved usually goes to a guy who's you know makes a leap, right? Like I would say Jared yeah, it's Jackson. more of a yeah, it's more for that. It's more of a more of a breakout award than a breakout player than it right. is
1: like most improved, literally. So let,
0: so let me rephrase it. If they had a first team most improved like team, so like it's a starting five would you put Bobby Portis on that for the start of this, the season so far? Do you think he's improved that much? Or do you think it's more of a playing time thing that why we're
1: seeing the production that we are from Bobby Portis? Well, I think it's a playing time thing, but it's just, you know, I think he's found a home here the last couple of years and is, has been embraced by the fans and, you know, it's, it's a, quite a love story honestly between bobby and the fans
0: uh, uh look it's it's as meaningful of a fan player relationship that i think i've witnessed as a milwaukee and wisconsin sports fan probably the last it's one niger that's, morgan it's niger morgan which we talked but like that was so short like i really think it's like at like a Jordy nelson john Kuhn level honestly i really do
1: Yeah pretty cool i mean it's, it's, i it's i think there. it's
0: i think it's up there like there are portis jerseys everybody gets so excited when he does
1: something it completely- i mean when you're seeing when you're seeing guys uh during the finals last year who look like they came straight off of a straight off of a farm wearing bobby portis jerseys i mean i i just remember a guy at at Broadhouse. I'm a. on the i mean going full like you know, Bobby Portis jersey, no undershirt, just guy had to be 300 pounds. And it just was like, wow, <laughs> I wouldn't expect that guy to have a Bobby Portis jersey on. But,
0: but
1: he yeah, did. And that's a yeah. dead giveaway. And, and, and it's, it's
0: really special. And so I think what Bobby has meant, I mean, the Friday, the Saturday game against Miami was like a virtuoso. I mean, he played great in 1916, but like, it was a virtuoso Bobby performance because crowd was a was a little rowdy it's saturday night everyone's had a few beers it was pretty much a packed house and then the bucks were feeling it early and then bobby gets that cheap foul from hero hero probably should have been kicked out of the game honestly it was a really dangerous play and bobby makes the shot not only does he make the shot he gets up once the kick hero's ass i think middleton prevents him and then he's just flexing the crowd and everyone's just going nuts like he's a wwe wrestler it's It's awesome. It's, it's one of the best things about watching the bucks this year. And I think Bobby's helped out a lot by Giannis. I think that's, that's part of it. And I think because he's a little more smoother than Brooke and I'm not saying Brooke has, can't produce like Bobby has, but I think just Bobby being a little more malleable and a little more active leads to more rebounds. Brooke's not a big rebounder either. And it just leads to more opportunities for Bobby to score. And so that's, I well, think,
1: why. And they play, they also play a different style of, like, they don't, do stop Bobby yeah. Portis on, no. on defense. They don't, they don't, he's not as much of a rim protector. So he blitzes all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: And it just works out better for him. I think that's a a coach butt adjustment. Yes. And, Whereas and will, oh, God. Brooke is, uh, to your point, Brooke is not as active. And not not quite as fleet of foot. Yep. Um he's much much bigger, but um, yeah, it like shouts to to Coach Bud for that for that adjustment because I feel like when Bobby first got here, he wanted him to drop, and that was like the opposite of his instincts. And sometimes you have to you have to work with a guy. Yeah, and I I've,
0: I brought this up on Monday's show, but like I think that this all these injuries. Are, and where these guys are playing more minutes throughout the year is really going to help the Bucks going forward, you know, in the playoffs and things like that. Like, I think the more Bobby plays, the more he's going to get there with the defense. So whether that is, you know, the blitzing style and that Bud can kind of make that work. And then all of a sudden, if Brooke is able to come back from his back injury, it's like, all right, we have the drop. We have the blitz. We have this. We have that, and all of a sudden the Bucks can throw so many things at a team that they'll just, you know, work in what makes the most sense for whomever their opponent is. So I, I really yeah. encourage uh, about
1: the Bucks are a little bit of a a new look squad too. I mean, there's been oh yeah, you got you got Boogie now. You got West Matthews back yeah, for some reason. Your, what?
0: Yeah, the West Matthews thing's really interesting. I think. And it's weird because, like, I was going to make the case to you in a group chat about, like, well, you know, Bud has his guys, like, Ursan, Pat, whatever. But, like, Wes wasn't really a Bud guy. Like, they kind of had a falling out. Like, if we don't, if we can't, we forget because it's a, you know, we remember the championship. But, like, one of the big talking points after that Heat series was, well, they didn't put Wes on Jimmy enough. They didn't put Wes on Jimmy enough. And that was one of the reasons they lost that series, which I don't think yeah. is true in retrospect. Um,
1: but it was well, a big well. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Uh, it's not, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the sole blame on it. Obviously, we got we got outplayed in that series. Yeah, but in the the bubble, bubble guppy heat, um, yeah. couldn't Mouse miss a shot. Heat. But uh, um, it was a, a factor. Yeah, I mean, it's a, certainly in that one game. I forget what oh, yeah, it was. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, the overtime game. Yeah, yeah, no
1: question. It, it was, it was, the, it was the game where they called the touch foul on Giannis yes. Yes. with Jimmy Butler in the corner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, to me, it's like you got enough fucking guards. You don't need, but and you also need scoring off the bench, which Leslie Matthews is a hot take. You're not a scorer. I mean, he'll he'll hit a he'll hit a corner three as he did last night, but, um, he's not a scorer. Yeah. You
0: know? I mean, so him, him and Rodney, who knows
1: him, him and Rodney
0: hood are kind of the Spider-Man meme. Um,
1: well, yeah. And Rodney hood stinks. I mean, he, he you know, yeah. he, he might, you know, you know, and, and frankly, you know, they got 82 games here to figure out who, who works, who doesn't, you know, uh, I just, Rodney Hood has not, not been very good. I'm not no. quite ready to give up on him, but um, Shemi Ogilay also hasn't made a shot yet, but he can probably stick around
0: <laughs> Sem- for
1: phys- Sem- physicality and toughness.
0: Semmy's hanging out on the uh, Jeff, Jeff Soupon DL right now uh, with whatever injury uh, he currently has.
1: Uh, well, you've got Jordan Nora, who's fallen out of the rotation pretty much. He's been playing oh, yeah. with the herd. Yeah, Nora's done. Is- if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said you're not, said he played for the herd. Yeah, but, Nora. Um, Nora
0: really fumbled his opportunity, without question. Well, he just all of a sudden like forgot how to
1: dribble. Yeah, it's like I mean yeah. he never really could, I guess. But yeah, maybe some, a little bit of maybe couple, a little bit couple of the games game. with like repeated bad turnovers and stuff like that. And it's like you can't be out there. No. Nope. So now you've got you've got uh, Justin Robinson no longer with us. Thank God. Thank God. And uh now you're getting this Javante Smart dude who looks to maybe be something. I don't know what, but uh, I will
0: I'll say I don't I'll mind ju- him. I'll just say Javante Smart Island is is being built. I would not say we're on it, but I would say that there's some there's some sand popping up. Go balm trees. You're
1: out, you're out on the you're on the ship, you're out looking for, for land. Right. Exactly. We're Juan
0: Ponce daily owning this batch. Like we're you know, fucking Ferdinand Magellan, um, in this starting to look for, look for land for Javante Smart Island. Yeah. They were, we're curious. Yeah. There could be something there. And, and I, I just think, yeah, they're just looking for the right company. I really like Boogie though. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. He's good. He is. And I think he's only going to get better as he gets more into playing shape.
1: Like I just think, well, I mean, he wants to talk about slow, though. I mean, he... Oh, is, yeah. Boogie, yeah. Has, Boogie. No, I thought the <laughs> him anymore. No.
0: It's shot. Um, he can't really jump. Uh, I, I appreciated Kevin Love giving all his effort on Monday to showcase what he can do for the Bucks. Um, I don't want him. But...
1: Yeah, but you, it's let, impossible to get him.
0: Oh, yeah. No, his contract's crazy. Um, he'll Unfortunately, get out. he
1: makes, like, $40 million.
0: I don't know. Maybe he'll well, get bought out. He, he,
1: if he gets bought out, yeah. No, oh, I don't. Yeah. Think
0: they, I, I actually don't think they're gonna buy him out because I think the Cavs are gonna be in the plane, the plane conversation.
1: Like, Cavs Listen, are the good. Cavs, the Cavs, the Cavs have a. Uh, I like the way their team is set oh, yeah. up. I don't think I don't think Lowry marketing as your three is. No. That wasn't a, that wasn't a great move. I don't know why they did, but. Um, they have this thing where it's like all their young guys start, and then. They have like these vets off the bench, and if, you know, like if you can get that, like them to buy in on that, especially Kevin Love, who's uh, a high key shithead. People forget, um, and he's done some shit that is like unforgivable. Um, just you know, but he gets a pass for some reason. I I wouldn't possibly know why. Um, like he, I, I mean. What, didn't he, wasn't that a game last year where he just like threw a ball out of bounds and started like pouted and walked away? Yeah, he's, like, he's been
0: unhappy that he's been in Cleveland for the last like three years and he has a fucking ring. And, you know, if you question it, I think he'll, he'll go and talk about mental health. Like, not that I don't respect mental health, but I do think sometimes it's, it's a little overdone. And yeah. I think that Love has played that card a few times. And it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, it's different to hear that versus like Jerron Williams, who was on a podcast I stumbled on, and he was talking about how he was depressed his whole life. He's had issues with it in his family. And when people, you know, started to kind of criticize him all the time, it like hardered him a lot more. I think that's a little bit of a different story than where it's painfully obvious that Kevin Love would rather be playing, you know, for the Clippers or the fucking Suns or somebody like that
1: yeah yeah i mean he's just you know but you're right he's he did you know hit a bunch of shots against the bucks and look like a guy that would that would look pretty good uh next to Giannis and um yeah. mm-hmm. in a playoff game but i'm not i'm neither here nor there on that Well, I mean, now, we've- that's, that's, that's to be determined
0: We've went we've went on the Nikola Miritich. Uh was, I think there wasn't there another white stretch forward that kind of sucked for sucked as uh as a buck. I'm forgetting who it is. We got in a trade. Or was it only Miritich? It might have just been Nikola. It's okay. Nikola, I think's out in Spain now, lighting it up. Just playing just playing Euroball, you know,
1: whatever dude. Hey, back. He, went, he went back to Barcelona, I think.
0: Oh, he did. Uh fuck scared him away. So it happens when you don't want to be a winner, and he uh, we didn't want his ass back anyways. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Oh, we're supposed to talk about Giannis MVP and just that, but I mean, I think if you had, you know, Giannis is a guy who maybe will win the MVP, but there are a lot of better storylines than Giannis probably. Unfortunately, um, especially if Steph Curry and the Warriors continue to pulverize teams, I think you'll go. Curry will just win it. And and that'll be that. That's okay. And I'm not gonna not gonna be not gonna wring my hands about it because I think every year, the honest continues on the trajectory that he will. He's gonna have opportunities to win MVPs every year, and it's just not gonna happen because it's a storyline award, as much as it is a player award.
1: Yeah, it's a narrative award at this point. Pretty close. I mean, it's it's got to be. There has to be. You're right. There has to be a storyline attached to. Which I don't know.
0: No, you're right. I mean, it's like I mean, look at the Heisman, right? A different sport, but Bryce Young's gonna win it basically because he had a couple, you know, awesome game against the best defense in football, and he had this great drive against Alabama, and or I'm sorry, against Auburn, and that's gonna be what it is. But like Aiden Hutchinson gets invited. He had one massive game against Ohio State. He had a really good year, but like Will Anderson from Alabama has pretty much the same numbers and he maybe has been more impactful. So like, how does, how does that work? Well, Aiden has a good story, big 10 college football playoff. You have another guy in there so that there right. you have it. And that's how
1: Michigan, that's how he, Michigan's back.
0: Yeah. yeah, Et the, whole, the whole fucking thing. So it's just it's how it is in every sport these days, but we'll see. About awards. I'm excited for the Heat game again tonight. Um, no Jimmy Butler, no Markeith Morris. Uh, so it should be a game the Bucks should have, but never know with Heat or Pesky. Um, they'll obviously want to bring some stuff back from Saturday. We'll see if any bad blood spills over. Dwayne Dedman might be the dirtiest player in the game also, too, just a side note. I, I really think that. I do not not really feel good with Dwayne Dedman on the court because I know there's some dirty shit on, on our way coming.
1: Uh, Yeah I mean I I don't think there's a There's a a clean player on the heat No Did you see uh, Gabe Vincent or whatever Did like uh, Tried to like Meal kick Yeah Yeah That was an interesting move
0: Yeah I did And The heat The heater just they're the worst. I just, they are easily the team that I dislike most in the NBA right now. It's not even close. All right, let's wrap up the show. We've already went way too long for a show that didn't have a ton of topics. Um, We have Marquette playing UCLA this weekend. Um, We're not going to do a ton of analysis, mostly because Mitch, not a huge college basketball guy. Also Marquette plays tonight against Kansas state. So we need to see what happens against Kansas state. You can hear daily tap tomorrow. We'll probably do some golden kegs. For uh, the Marquette game as well as the 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 Bucks game, what we're here to talk about is blue bloods. Um, Marquette, maybe a blue blood, maybe not a blue blood. UCLA, a strong blue blood, but not like the premier blue blood. So, Mitch, I'll ask you this: Do you consider Marquette any shade of blue blood, or do you think that I am in another planet to even consider them in the conversation?
1: Uh, you're on another planet. Okay, I just. I don't I mean what unless you have a very a very different definition of a blue blood, but because they won a national championship forty years ago.
0: I look, I I see it as a program where Again,
1: your father maybe your maybe our dad because but okay. they watched it. A-
0: so Mark Turgeon just stepped down from Maryland last week. And he yep. said it was really burned out, but also said he wanted the Marquette job. Mark, Mark Turgeon coaches from Maryland in the big East. Now, granted and it's a basketball school it's a school that has a national championship earlier than us, Lonnie Baxter, Steve Blake shout out. Um, but he wanted to go to Marquette. So how could Marquette not be considered a premier job as a guy who's at a pretty good school like Maryland wanted to go there. Like there, there's something to that, right?
1: I guess. So you're telling me, so he basically quit because he didn't get the Marquette job.
0: He didn't quit because he didn't. He just wanted to get out. He thought that he thought that Marquette would potentially provide that for him. So that's why he said like, I need to, I need to look at this as a, as a potential opportunity. I don't think Marquette is like a a premier blue blood. I think that there is just a level of establishment for them that gets them into that conversation. They unfortunately haven't had the success that like a Villanova has had, where I think Villanova has become a blue blood. I don't think Villanova 10 years ago was a blue blood. Villanova is a blue blood now. Like, no question about it. I think Arizona is in the similar conversation with Marquette. They have a title. They really haven't done shit for a few years. I can't remember the last Arizona final four team. Probably look that up. They had some good teams with Sean Miller had a ton of controversy.
1: I'll be like 13 or so, 13 or 14. Weren't they in the, yeah, I'm going to look it final up Four.
0: But like, so like, and they're playing really well this year. They've been kind of a surprise so far this season, trying to kind of bring it back to that blue blood sort of feeling. So yeah, they went, they were in the NCAA tournament. They won the NCAA tournament in 97. They were a runner up in 2001. They lost to Kentucky Elite Eight in 2015 and 2014. I think they lost to the Badgers. Um, they, had, they have not been back to the final four since 2001. So that's crazy. So that kind of furthers that point. I would even say like UConn has a little bit of that, maybe a a level up between Marquette and Arizona. But like, I think the term blue blood is overrated in college basketball, especially more so than in college football. Um, I think it's similar to like the power or whatever, the original six in hockey that gets overdone. Um, So yeah, I think these are blue blood programs. I just think it's levels of it. I think Marquette deserves to be in that conversation just because there is genuine interest to coach this team. There's genuine like legacy building type shit. Usually people don't leave Marquette for they only leave for better jobs. You know, Tom Crean. It's Indiana. The reason why Tom Crean left is because it was Indiana is a is a legit blue blood. Will always be a blue blood. And that that's why you leave Buzz Williams left because he was just a, a fucking asshole and wanted to get out. It was probably going to get fired anyways and wore out as well. Totally different story. And that's why he went to Texas a
1: So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think a blue blood could be defined as, you know, if your coach, if a coach gets there, will he leave? Yeah, like is there a quote unquote better job out there? Like Marquette, yeah, probably is a better job than Maryland at this point. I, I will give you that. So, from that perspective, it's a blue blood, I suppose. But it's 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 not a place that I think you know your five star recruits are seriously considering now. Maybe Shaka Smart with, um. I guess his reputation around, around college basketball, the last 10 years, um, Texas didn't go very well for him. Um, not as well as it probably could have. Um, I mean,
0: though, I mean, just a real pushback and just interrupt a bit about five stars. I mean, they got Henry Allenson; He was a five-star. They got Dawson Garcia. He was a five-star. It's not like they haven't been able to pull a five-star recruit in, in this iteration of Marquette. So I, I, I don't know. And then just look at what they've had in the NBA. Like, I think that's part of the blue blood too. Like the fact that Jimmy Butler, even though he's a prick, like the fact that he's been awesome in the NBA, Jay Crowder has been on numerous finals teams now. Um, You know, Wes Matthews still has been in the NBA. It's been a while. Marcus Howard Garcia
1: was a, was a, was a four-star.
0: Oh, okay. All right. All right. A little fact check, Mitchie. I see you.
1: Okay. All right. Because I I was, I I didn't, he transferred. Uh, Yeah. went to
0: North Carolina. Um, So let me ask you this as we'll wrap up the show with this because we got to get going. Wisconsin, would you consider Wisconsin a blue blood?
1: No. No. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I knew I liked you still. I knew I. I mean, they're, 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 they're the same. I mean, they're the same. Like they're, they're, Uh, I don't. Okay. Programs. They're, they're not going to be. Uh, a year in, year out, Final Four favorite. They're not going to. They're not going to be. They're not going to make the Final Four every four years like Michigan State did for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, you know, we've had. The, there's there's twenty five schools that I'm going to point to before either Wisconsin or Marquette if we're ranking blue bloods.
0: Wisconsin has a massive disadvantage because of their basketball, their football team. They just do. They're a football school. They will always be a football school. There is something to that. Like I look at Ohio state, right? Like Ohio state has a great basketball program. They've been to final fours. They've been to the national title game, but at the end of the day, you're never going to tell me Ohio state is not a football program first. And they're a blue blood in football. No question about it. But in basketball, they probably have blue blood qualities but they'll just never. They'll just never get to that level. They'll just never. Right. They'll never surpass. I mean, Alabama has built a great basketball program, but again, a, an extreme version of that. Never. You know, I could never see a scenario where I'm like, Alabama is a is a basketball school. I mean, it's something would have to go terribly wrong for, for that to for that conversation to creep up. And really, similarly for Michigan State on the other side like it would take me forever to be like Michigan state, like Mel Tucker who's a great coach. And I think he is building something there. If Mel Tucker like consistently has Michigan state, like in the college football playoff conversation, then maybe you do have to have that, to have that discussion, assuming Tom Izzo retires at, at some point, you know, maybe that's, maybe that does happen, but it's just interesting. I think it's more of the discussion is it's just interesting how all these dynamics narratives work and, It's just fun shit to talk about, in my opinion, because you could go all day. You could just keep picking teams and be like and poke holes and debate it. Um, just fun stuff, you know. But I'll I'll leave it there. I hope Marquette goes one and one. Um, I made a pretty outrageous comment on Friday's show that I would have consistent wood if we won three games in uh in December. And now a group chat of mine cannot stop talking about my boner. They say I'm soft for for uh, thinking it's an uncomfortable conversation. I've been called a Chuck Flake um, in there, um, but you know, it's, it is, it is what it is. It's the price you pay when you uh, just run your mouth on, on a microphone five days a week. Yeah, exactly.
1: You can't even, can't even remember all the dumb shit you say, right?
0: Oh man. That's funny. You say that. Cause Shannon brought up to me one time. He's like, I never heard ragamuffin get used. And I was like, wow, when did I, like, what did I say that? Because I knew I said it, but I forgot the context. like, oh yeah, you called like Russell Wilson a -a ragamuffin. And I was like, oh yeah, 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 that's right. All right. Yeah, no, I I forget what I say almost right after I say it. It's pretty dangerous. Um, You know, there's, there have been like the, probably can count them on the number of my hand, on one hand where I knew I said something that I shouldn't have, and I went back in and edited it because I was like, you know what, wrong person hears this. They might take it the wrong way. And then I, whatever. I, I don't think I'm that popular, but I don't. I don't need to get canceled. I don't need to become popular for something dumb I said. Uh, but that's probably what's going to happen because that's that's life when you're you're hanging out on the internet. Right. All right, that does it. Uh, fun show today. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll have packers ravens a very interesting matchup uh, to chat about we'll have some more bucks games to go through who knows maybe there'll be some movement on the baseball front and who knows what else Uh, but we'll uh talk to you next week uh see you later peace peace